What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Coast to Coast. I am Ronan Gain. Joining me as always, Chris Nambu. Thank you so much for making this your first listen for NBA coverage. Remember, if you like what you're hearing, you're on YouTube, give us a follow, subscribe, leave us a comment, let us know what you think of the podcast. You're on Spotify, give us a five-star review, follow us. You'll keep getting all our content and we will keep producing it and having fun. Chris, we got a fun podcast today. Obviously, season's coming up. We're going to be giving our predictions for the season awards. We're going to be talking about some of the top five offenses and defenses in the league. Got a few tidbits to get into before that, but before we get into it, of course, have to ask, how you doing, man? You have to ask. It's just you you have to. Yeah. I'm I'm great. It's cloudy, it's rainy, anything to do but talk about some basketball, talk about our top five offenses, top five defenses. I'm pretty happy with that. And uh, you know what? I'm pretty good. The Bulls don't look terrible, you know. We're I'm I'm not I'm not thinking about the Bears right now. I'm not thinking about Justin Fields. Not thinking about the draft coming up. You know, that's kind of out of my mind. Basketball is coming at the perfect time for a Bears fan. So any my Chicago people out there, I think I, we know that the Bulls will not let us down and they'll pull us right through this uh, this winter season. I'm, I'm excited for that. But Yeah, I'm, I'm in a similar boat with my with my New York teams. I think uh, not, not quite as bad with the Jets, but you still you still I still need the Knicks to be the. The shine, the shining light for me, but obviously we still have those question marks for that. But before we get into the predictions and the top five offenses and defense and that, let's just talk about a few headlines from around the league. One of the biggest ones that came out this week: Terry Stotts has uh, resigned as a Bucks assistant. He's only coming back after two years since he uh, left to Portland Trailblazers, and now he's left that role before the season's even begun. And apparently, it all started with a bit of a bust up in front of the team with the uh, with Adrian Griffin. What do you What do you think of that? I feel like there's a bit more to tell about this story. Yeah, I'm I'm curious about that. I I haven't I haven't been able to read further into that. So was there news about him and Griffin? Because it, it it seemed to me that there was like no explanation. But if there's rumors about him and Griffin. That would be less of an entertaining reason than him just trying to get away from day. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's kind of the the, the line you want to put on it. He just he just hates Dane there. That's I think that's was the first uh, word on the on the street when it when it first came out. But then I think Shams tweeted out that apparently there was a pretty uh pretty big bust up between Griffin and and uh, and Stotts in front of all the players there. I think I think last week. So I think that's that's where it actually stemmed from, which is uh. It's obviously a pretty big deal because obviously it was a big deal for him to come back after being two years out and then to 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 give that up before the season's even started. I think that has to be a pretty big bust up, or maybe there was some underlying uh, issues before before that bust up and that uh, that was bringing it all to a head there. Huh? Yeah. Reading the quote here, Stotts attempted to start a conversation with Lillard and Giannis. Griffin called the Stotts to join the coaching huddle. Stotts Stotts asked for more time, and Griffin yelled for Stotts to join the coaches' huddle. That's yeah, that's interesting. Um, you know, I, you, you kind of wonder too, that there's gotta be, I think everyone was thinking this because I feel like this has happened so often where, um, a coach is brought in who is familiar with the star player. And then the, all the pressure is on the, the head coach to make a successful season out of a brand new, you know, brand new lineup with stars. And if it doesn't work out, that's the first person to, to lose their job because then it's like, oh, well, all right, easy replacement. We don't have to look too far our placements right here on our team. Mm -hmm. And that's got to be an underlying tension that can't be understated because having a head coaching position in this league is so, it's such a tenuous position to be in. And I I really wonder if there is some underlying pressure there, but, but of course, you know, 
it's yeah. it's a complicated relationship. You're you're a head coach for so long. I'm sure Stotts isn't used to being a an assistant either. Yeah, yeah. I think that I think there could have been both sides, both sides of the coin there. I think that's an interesting thought on your on your part. After they get the trade for Dame, maybe that little chip is on uh, Adrian Griffin's shoulder. Wants to wants to make sure that uh, Terry Stotts know, knows his place in the in the pecking order and that. And I guess Stotts obviously maybe didn't like having to be the one that wasn't in charge. So yeah, I think that's a an in, an interesting theory on that on that situation. But there's pro- probably more to come there. What about what about Andre Iguodala finally finally calling it a day? One of the more underrated players of a, of a generation, and obviously a, a key role player on probably the best team of our generation, anyway. And the one player we would choose to save us against the aliens to take a shot, right? The one absolutely, shot. absolutely. That that will be the that will be the one quote associated with him for, for the longest time. Um, freaking Max Kellerman. I I really appreciate Andre Iguodala's brand of player because you don't see it very often. You don't you don't see very often a an amazing player, maybe not a superstar, but a star player, recognize his role to be a contributor to an all-time great team. And he sacrificed that. He could have gone to another team and still been a borderline all-star, or maybe made an all-star game a couple more times. But he used some more productive years at the end of his career to make – I mean, he was a big reason why the Warriors were what they were. I mean, he he really he really did contribute to what they did in a big way. Maybe maybe they're not. Maybe they don't win all those championships. Maybe maybe they only, they win one or two less. I mean, because his defense, his playmaking, the way that he really synergized with that team, I, I think you could argue that. I mean, there's a reason why he he won Finals MVP. Like this guy is one of the greatest. I think like when you say team player, like a guy who sacrifices, he's one of the greatest to do it in the last decade. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like you think about it, like the the career that he had, obviously an underrated player, but like he's a guy that had like he played more playoff games than a than a, than a whole host of legends like a, Ray Allen, Paul Pierce, Larry Bird, uh, Wilt, Jason Kidd. Like he's played more playoff games than all those guys. He won a Finals MVP. He he made an All Star team. He made a couple of All Defensive teams during during his career. I think that like. Even though he wasn't that superstar, even though he wasn't that dead cert, I think he's a guy that we're going to see in the Hall of Fame. What do you think? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, well, especially what he did with the Warriors. Um, you know, that his, his brief stand of stardom uh, with the 76ers. I, I think that's – he's not a first ballot, but I, I think he's he's definitely going to be in there. He'll, he'll get his recognition there. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. The, the, the finals MVP definitely, yeah, def, definitely helps his uh, – Definitely helps his case. Then what about the the word from Adam Silver this week? He was on first take talking with Stephen A. Mentioned that they're considering going back to the East-West format in the All-Star game. And I, I, I like that idea. I think I think that'd be a smart move. Don't get me wrong. I think that All-Star game as or even All-Star weekend as a whole is a bit of a is a bit of a dud, especially last year was really poor. So I think they're gonna have to shake things up. And I think a, a switch like that is is a small change, but even to to get it going like that, even for a couple of years, I think that that kind of might maybe spice things up a little bit. Yeah, I think that's that we've seen the East West narrative go down a little bit because the All Star game, and also you know, um, I think Kobe was such a big part of Kobe. Obviously, the Spurs, uh, Dirk, and like that, all the great teams in the West are a big part of why the West is just always considered Big Brother, East's mm-hmm. little brother, and. 
LeBron had a big part of like changing that, but that really that East West narrative I think has gone away, especially since we've had a new format to the the All Star game because it's really I think it's a great exhibition to to compare the two conferences and really that's that's one way to kind of say all right where where's all the talent hanging out not just in the off season where we where we take a look but really in game so I love that they're bringing that back um, I'd love to see them put some more incentives to it though it seems like that's not going to happen I mean we do have the in season tournament. I'm really curious where that's going to go, but I'm pretty pumped to see the East West again. Yeah, no, obviously it's, it was always a thing. And you remember back playing, uh, playing the NBA games back in the day. And I was uh, even like, uh, I was loving seeing the West and East jerseys. Like even, even that, that, that yeah. little side of things was yeah. always, uh, was always fun. And then uh, f- final, final little headline, a grizzly source has come out and said that Jamarant's father. Oh, stop, 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 stop. No, no, uh, no, 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 no. No, no, I don't, don't like it. No way. I hate that. Like, what? What is that? What? What source? What is he even saying? I I read like I read like one minute into it, and I'm like, this is, it's it's hearsay. It's like someone's opinion piece about someone's like father, or whatever. And I I think that the situation with with Jaws is is too personal for the public to understand. Like, I don't think we'll ever understand it because we don't we don't know their situation. And obviously, you hope he doesn't get into that sort of behavior again, but. I don't know, man. I, I, I don't like when the media gets into talking about the dads. Well, LeVar Ball, I mean, he put himself out there and he talked to the media. He said exactly what he wanted to say and he was half right about what he said. But um, no. Man, but all, I, all he does is just say that his sons are the greatest people yeah. of all time. So that's not that's not a that's not anything too serious. You just say that he's an idiot and move on. Like, so it's it's cool. But uh, yeah, OK, we won't. We, we, We'll, we'll leave out. We'll, we'll jump off of that. We won't, we won't get into that too much. Let's get into the real stuff. Let's get into our season predictions. And let's start with a segment you wanted to look at. The top five offenses and defenses in the NBA this year. Let's start. We'll start on the offensive end. Give me your top five offenses for this year. So I, I want to start off with a, with a couple. We're just looking at who was there last year. So real quick. You look at the top five and you see a name that I think we forget real quick. I don't think you forget because you were watching because the New York Knicks, everyone remember, it's the fifth best offense in basketball. The fifth best offense. And looking at the beginning of last year, I don't think anyone's going to predict that, even though you have Jalen Brunson, even though maybe you get a bounce back year from Randall. I don't think even you or any Knicks fans are expecting a top five offense out of a Thibodeau-led New York Knicks team with barely any spacing and any of that, but they did it. They pulled it off. Um, so I, I think starting from the, from the bottom, who's going to stick in this list. Do you think the Knicks are going to be there again this year? You know, obviously I, I really want to say yes. And they're definitely going to match and maybe even improve on what they did last year. But I, I am very hesitant to make any predictions on the Knicks because of what we have seen in the past. Can they really do it in back-to-back years? Is there going to be another kind of burnout sort of element like we saw two years ago after the great year with Randall and everything like that? So I would be more likely to say no, that they're going to drop off just a little bit. But hopefully that burnout doesn't come again and the energy provided by Brunson, maybe, 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 maybe we'll see RJ Barrett step up a little bit more like we saw in the playoffs. Randall can hopefully sustain then the answer is yes, they, they can absolutely stay in there. But for now, I'm going to say I think they'll drop out. I So I I was trying to think about it because when you look at their stats, like their 10th and three-point attempt rate, their 24th and three-point percentage. 
that they're the only team I, I want to say in, in the last five years that have touched the top five and not been a top 10 three-point shooting team. Mm-hmm. They're dead last in assisted field goals, but that also speaks to them having some really excellent isolation players um, in Brunson and Randall. But they're also 23rd of fast break points, one of the last teams in pace. This is just not a modern offense. This is not an efficient offense. They're, they're bottom 10 and, and uh, shooting efficiency. I mean, they do get to the line third most of the league, so that does help them out. Randall really getting in there. Brunson really being able to get fouls. And all that to say, those are pretty ugly stats for a top five team. But I think that tells you that that's going to continue, honestly. that I don't see them dropping off because their offense is so – it's not fluky how janky it is because yeah. they're going to continue doing what they do. And I actually think, you know, they have some solid depth to, to you know, miss some games from Brunson. If Brunson misses games, we've seen what Quinton Grimes does. Or not Quinton Grimes, sorry, what, what Emmanuel quickly does when you give him the ball more. So that, that guy there alone is going to give you, you know, a, a buoy. And then Randall, he's been he's been healthy, I think. I, I think he's he's proven that he can he can stay healthy for at least, you know, 60, 70 games. I, I, I think he, he should have a solid year again this year. I, I don't think they're going to drop out too far, but top five, there's a reason why I'm going to put them out. And I think I got to say that either it's going to be the Mavs or Pacers. So I want you to help me build this list because right now I think the top three are easy. We don't, we, we can talk about why they're going to be excited, but number one is Celtics. Yeah. We can get into it in a second. Number two is Nuggets. Number three is Kings. I don't think they're really going mm-hmm. anywhere. Yeah. I think, the War- I think Warriors are back in the top five. And I think the question is about the Mavs, the Pacers, or the Knicks. And the reason I'm leaving the 76ers out is because this Harden no situation is tough. Yeah. Yep. And and to make it very specific, in 24 games without Harden, they're the ninth-ranked team in offensive rating. And they just lost Shake Milton. Who, who's like, who, who cares about Shake Milton? Well, who else is playmaking here if, if Harden's not playing? You don't have a lot of playmaking out there. Now they don't have Shake Milton. Now you're going to like Kelly Oubre to do some stuff out there. But um, I, I really think the Knicks aren't going to go too far but what, where where are you kind of putting them in the mix? If you have the Mavs, Pacers, Knicks, I've got I my my top three. I had the Nuggets, Celtics, Kings, just like you. Yeah. Then easy. I actually had filling out the five. I had the Hawks and the Mavs. Mm. I think the Hawks were okay. I think they, were they seventh or eighth last year? They were they were close to the top five, and I think with a bit more time with the new head coach, I think you could see them re- pushing to be a really top level offense. I think yeah. And I think the Mavs have no choice but to be a top level offense. I think like that, like that, their whole yeah. team is built on offense. They have to be a top five offense, and I think that's why they will they'll push to get to that level. And I, I think we're going to see a nice little push from the Hawks this year. And just in terms of what the, those teams can offer, the Knicks might be still around there, but in terms of what those teams can offer in terms of efficiency and pace in in uh, in certain situations, I think that there's more of a chance of them being in there than. Uh, than the Knicks, but I think the Warriors are a good share. You can you can never discount them. Yeah, I, I think that it's like what you're betting on, right? So with the Hawks, that's interesting because that's you're not betting on a lot. Really, the only thing you're betting on is that Trey Young is going to get back to shooting well, and that ultimately comes down to Trey Young shooting more off ball, which he's talked about, which he's shown a little bit preseason, um, and you know just having more continuity in that system. 
So that that's not that's not what to bet on. And I, I was really thinking about the Hawks. I just I guess I I just can't get excited about them right now. And that that's something that'll change as we see more games for them. That's that's probably just bias of not not seeing enough of Trey right now, seeing enough of of Murray, um, seeing enough of what they do there. But I so let's put it this way. I, I agree with the maps because Kyrie and Luca just give them more time. And th- those are those are two of the greatest offensive creators this game has had. And Warriors, I I I think I've I've talked about this ad nauseum. I, I really do believe that Chris Paul's addition addition there and the element he brings, um, and the way he also has shown that he can fit into the team, that's the Warriors are gonna be right up there. Um so between so there's Pacers that battle. And, the Warriors are, are, the Warriors versus the Hawks are the top five. <laughs> yeah. I I, I I'm more confident in the Warriors, to be honest. Obviously, yeah, of course. I'm more confident in the Warriors, but but the t- the bottom the bottom three are really interesting though, because um, I, I do think the Knicks are going to stick around. I, I I don't think they're changing, and and you add some more add some more Quentin Grimes in there. I think really just seeing like even he's been getting the end of last season, just in the preseason now, just his quick trigger three point shooting. If they if he can really just get more volume shooting the ball, like the the Knicks, if the Knicks go from like one of the worst three-point shooting teams to like a average yeah guys again that that does a lot um i'm surprised you're not as high in your pacers though because they they last year mm-hmm. i i really want to get excited them because like they're first and fast break points really fast team they're they're a great passing team one of the best in basketball because of Halliburton, because of everyone there how they really move the ball in that system the third and assist for uh their third and assist to field goal made ratio and they flirt with top five and three-point shooting they're right there if you see Ben Matherin get better, you see the the fast break offense still be exciting. You get Bruce Brown and Obi Toppin there now running the second unit. They're going to be really fun in the fast break there. I mean, that's that's a team that that could be up here as well. If they're if they're a team that you're excited about and you keep talking about like pushing into a playoff picture, like this is where it starts as being one of the best offensive teams in basketball. So yeah, I'm, I'm curious if yeah. if they if they're going to be you know competing with the Mavs and Warriors there also. But that the bottom is is tough. You have to think. I think you have to think that they will be. I think that's where you have the most reliability on them really improving this year is on the offensive end and what they can, what they can offer when you've got a point like like Halliburton, when you've got a a guy like Mathur going into his year two that should be improving scoring wise. When you got those lob threats like Turner and, and Top, and they're going to play a fast, fun style of basketball. So I think they'll definitely be in the conversation uh, as we go through the season. Maybe they'll be they'll be they'll be more likely to kind of fall into little ruts in certain situations, and maybe they'll only be hovering around the top five, and maybe they're at certain points during the year. But I think they're definitely in a in a top seven, top eight conversation for for the season. Yeah. All right. We we got to be firm. So <laughs> let, let's say this. So Celtics, I, I let's let's talk about the top two before we finish off the bottom. The Celtics are our number one, or you said Nuggets. I got I got I got Nugget Nugget Nuggets at number one. Okay. That that one I, I will take some some issue with. I think the Celtics are hand down hands down going to be the best offensive basketball, and it purely comes down to three point shooting. Like okay. they're second Warriors in three point rate, and they just added Porzingis, and they just added Drew Holiday. Obviously, Williams was a non shooter. Porzingis is a great shooter. I mean, just looking at the pick and pop he, he does um, in this system with the spacing they have is absurd. And Drew Holiday to replace Marcus Smart in the perimeter that that's thirty eight percent three-point shooter that's a guy who's going to be a great catch and shoot uh guy from the perimeter when marcus smart was was not that and not only that 
Drew Holiday, I don't think he gets enough credit for his pick and roll attack. A lot of people are saying, well, they, oh, they, they need a little bit more true playmaker. And it's really like, where do you find a guy who's just like a, like dishing? Like that's not really something you see in this league anymore. But he, as a pick and roll uh, playmaker, he scored one point per possession on 7.2 possessions per game. That's pretty high yield. And if you look at the reference, they're like Luca, Brunson, and Fox, they're scoring just above one point per game. He's one of the better pick and roll orchestrators in this league. And you just added him to a team that really needed a bit more on that end. So like two guys there that are going to add to an offense that was already unbelievable. I mean, I think the Nuggets are still going to be great. And I think they're going to be number two instead of five last year because MPJ, Murray, they kind of had a slow start, you know, getting back into the flow of things. Um, but I, I don't I don't think that. I think the Celtics are going to be by far one of the best teams in the league. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think they'll do it on both ends of offense. But yeah, I'll I'll give you that. I'll I'll, I'll let just let them slip into the number one slot. I I have no problem there. Yeah. Um. Let's discuss discuss the Kings real quick because I think one two Celtics Nuggets and Kings. We both kind of feel the same about this. Do we just feel like you know? I mean, last year they posted the best offense rating in history, one nineteen point four. In mid March, they were averaging about one hundred twenty one points per game, one of the best ever. And, you know, they're toe-to-toe with the Warriors. I mean, they, they were right there. They're they're really showing that on the greatest stage, they're one of the best offensive teams in basketball. They were the best offensive team in basketball last year. So what's changing for them this year? Not much. So, like, what what's... What yeah, no, there's not much that's going to change. I think they're, they're still going to be there. I just think other teams have gotten better mm-hmm. where, as they have stayed the same, they're still going to be up there. They're still going to be one of the one of the best offenses they're still i think they're going to have a really good shot at, at still having a high seed in the western conference but i just don't see i just think with the moves that that the Celtics have made they're above them i think with the way the nuggets can play and if they do it from the start and, and Jamal Murray has this all-star year we're expecting MPJ is more more efficient for the year that that really changes things for Denver it won't be any big margins that they drop off by. I think that the, the Kings could still be in a similar sort of level. Like a, they could be like a one, a one sixteen point eight or one seventeen. Like it won't be too massive a drop off. They're still going to be a top level offense. I just think that the Celtics and Nuggets on paper are just that little bit better. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, <laughs> I, I think also it's, you get a little bit of like a demerit for being super healthy. Um, yeah. Yeah. They were the healthiest team in basketball last year hmm. by a mile. Um, if you look it up, their their lineup played 900 minutes, and you look at the next two highest minutes for a starting lineup, it's 600. Like they they have 300 more minutes than the the next two healthiest lineups, and that's 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 you know not not luck, you know that's that's preparation, that's that's uh team health management, that's all that, all those sorts of things. But they definitely missed the the health bug, and hopefully they don't go through that this year. But that definitely definitely helps to be healthy. So I think our top three is easy. Our four and five seems we're undecided. I throw the Mavs in at four, will we? We'll throw the Mavs in at four. I, I think the Mavs, I feel more confident. You know, if I if I really have to bet on someone here, I'm betting on Kyrie and Luca to mm-hmm. put out a top five offense. Um and I think the Warriors, my, my only thing with the Warriors, I'm 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 really confident in Chris Paul. Am I confident in Clay Thompson? Mm-hmm. So am I He's betting playing for on, a contract, right? <laughs> Contract Clay, maybe. So are we betting on on Clay Thompson not playing, not playing, you know. Clay Thompson would have to play really, really poorly for them to not be there versus Trey Young needs to get back to playing 
as an all NBA shooter to be here. So which one am I, I less confident about? Yeah, let's 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 be let's take it easy. We'll go we'll go with the Warriors, won't we? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm thinking Celtics, Nuggets, Kings, Mavs, Warriors makes okay. the most sense to me. But it's close. Let's do it. It's it close. is, it is close. There's going to be there's going to be a, lot, a few other teams that are going to be hovering around that realm. I think, like you said, the 76ers who were there last year, I think, would drop off a, a significant amount. But I think there's going to be that that the Warriors, the Hawks, the the Pacers, the Knicks. And maybe even a couple of other teams that could uh, could end up floating in there, but I think, uh, yeah, I think I think I think that's a fair that's a fair list. We've got we've gone a bit safe, especially with that last pick, but I think I think we're 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 pretty close on that. Yeah, um, maybe we won't stay too safe with the defensive picks. So I I got a good one here. Um, let's hear yours. Where where are you at with top five defenses? Last year we had the Cavs at one, Celtics at two, Grizzlies, Bucks. And it always surprises me to see this. I'm surprised to see your Knicks there at five for offense, and I'm still really befuddled at my Bulls at five. Yeah, and defense. that won't happen again this year. But... And I'll, well, I'll ex- let me explain that real quick. It's it's only it's literally Alex Caruso. Yeah, it's Alex Caruso. The Bulls are tied to the Hornets, the twentieth best defense in basketball, without Alex Caruso. Uh, that's that's all it takes. But let's let's hear your list. Where where are we at? I've got the. I think the Cavs will be the same. I think they'll they'll be the best defensive basketball once again. I think I have the Grizzlies in it too. I think they're gonna probably have to rely, especially early in in the early part of the year without John Morant. I think they're gonna rely on their defense that bit more. That's what their success is built on. So I have them going at number two. Got the Celtics at three. I think they're still gonna be a really good a really good uh, offense. They're gonna be a great two way team. Then I have a couple of interesting ones filling it out. I got the T Wolves making the jump up. They were top 10 last year, you'd forget. I'm thinking we're going to see Gobert get more, get closer to the uh, defensive player of the year kind of guy that they were hoping that they were getting. Going to see improvement from Edwards and McDaniels. And I think they need to make a jump this year, and I think it's going to happen being built off the defensive side of the ball. And I'm going to go for the Lakers as well. I'm going to rely on Anthony Davis mm. being healthy. Okay. And they're going to build their defense around that. They were great defensively in the playoffs, and hopefully they're going to build on that this year. Okay, who was there any any honorable mentions on that list? Because I'm curious how close you were to to another team. I was thinking. I mean, like just obviously the teams that were in and around the last year. I mean, you you even think of you you want to say like you look at the Knicks and you think they could be better. You look at the Clippers, think they got like two on paper two of the best two way players. In basketball, and Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, like they could they get play. up to some sort of level, but yeah, are they going to play? Like they're they're the they're kind of ones that that uh that I was definitely considering, and obviously, uh, maybe I'm I'm shooting a bit high on the T Wolves, but I I was surprised to even see they were top mm-hmm. ten. I think they were still at that level when there was such struggle there last year, and there there's definitely room to improve with them. I I I thought about the Timberwolves. I thought long and hard about the Timberwolves. I, I really did, and I I can't I can't. I can't get there with with Cat, man. I really can't. I yeah, can't get there fair. with Cat on the floor with Gobert, and and I, I really, I, I think that Gobert's problem was was being on the floor with Cat. You just look at this defense stuff with Cat on the floor, and I played like um, five games last year. Well, <laughs> well, when, well, when when you when you saw him on the floor together, and and I think that he's gonna be if he's gonna consistently be on the floor with him, that that perimeter defense is gonna suffer. Unless that trade I think, I think that pre- that's true. 
Well, I, I'll give I'll give you that because we, we need to see we need to have more time with them. We need to see them more on the floor. Um, I I had the same things pretty much. I had Grizzlies number one though, mm-hmm. and I, I was That's I was a little bit so Cavs. I don't think Cavs going to change much. Struce is not a negative defender. No, no one can say that his addition is going to subtract anything. Um, and the thing is with with the Cavs, I think that Mobley is going to get even better. I mean, Mo- Mobley is a guy that's going to continue um, to improve. And the one thing with the Grizzlies, though, it's simple. Like you got two defensive players of the year in your squad. You got Marcus Smart, Jaron Jackson Jr. And facing those two yeah, guys, that's fair. that's fair. Is just going to be a nightmare, a nightmare. And and no matter what, lo- I mean, you lose Dylan Brooks, um, and then you know you lose Anthony Melton the year before. And you kind of wonder, okay, when is their defense going to start to slide? But they constantly scout guys who are going to be able to fill in and, and play their role defensively. And I think they've done it so much that I don't have any doubt that they'll continue to do it. But surrounding those two defensive superstars, like that's that's going to be a scary defense face. No, oh, yeah, 100%. Um, yeah. Celtics, and you use a minor setback. You know, you lose Brogdon, Smart, and Williams. And then you get back Drew and, and Porzingis. I, I don't know how much time you're necessarily going to be, be throwing Pritchard out there, but maybe some negative minutes there here and there throughout the season, but they're still top three. I'm going to keep my bulls there though. Mm-hmm. I'm going to keep my bulls there. I'm keeping them because of Alex Cruz. I mean, that, that's what it is. It's the same thing with the Knicks. You know, it's like, all right, how are they, how are they this good offensively? All right. It's kind of ugly that they're relying on so much ISO, but it's kind of ugly. The bulls are relying on so much Caruso, but they, they, they make it work. And I think I would assume when he's in the lineup, he adds a lot of defense you got Javon Carter and Tory Craig in there, rotation guys who are going to be plus really big plus defenders, um, and then <laughs> another another year of Patrick Williams. Maybe this is this is the year. Maybe this is the year. I love how you give me all this shit about RJ Barrett. You're you're <laughs> right there with Patrick Williams, man. Hey, at least Patrick Williams can shoot. I don't I don't, I don't know if that's ever going to happen for RJ. But it, prepare yourself though. Like like, are you sitting? I think you're sitting right. Stay stay seated. I think the fifth best basketball uh, team in basketball defensively is going to be the Brooklyn Nets. Okay. The Brooklyn Nets. Well, yeah, I, I get where you're coming from there. Yeah. Cam and McHale were that, – that's why the, the Suns had a top five defense. I mean, they're the two best uh, – one of the best wing duos in terms of defense, two-way players down in Phoenix. Dorian Finney-Smith. I mean, he's like you removed him from the Mavs, and he was basically one of the only reasons that they were a top ten defense. Royce O'Neal, that's a guy who was pivotal to the Jazz top five defense in his time there. Nick Claxton has now turned himself into like a top three rim protector. Now he's going to be bumped down to four. Now that we got Wemby in the league, but he's right there. He's one of the best shot blockers in the league. Plays perimeter as well. And then we see an elite defensive squad there. You add a little bit of depth with Dennis Smith Jr. I mean, Dennis Smith Jr. like with the Hornets, he was a defensive specialist, a guy who really was solid playmaker and defensively, like he showed his worth on that end. That's what you see a theme here, why they're picking him up. They're going all in on, on being able to get stops. And there's some other guy in this team who, you know, we thought should be a defensive player of the year. We thought should be one of the best players in basketball and maybe gets his head on straight. Who's that? This is, this is the year for Ben Simmons. This is a year for Ben Simmons. Like it, and these guys, like you all mentioned, they're, they're not defensive special. These are two-way players. And Mikhail is is really in for, for a season to be to be a good offensive player because you can't just throw out a bunch of defensive guys and 
and expect them to keep getting stops, not getting buckets. Like they, you need to score in order to play defense. That's a big part is, is having an efficient half court offense. You'll see that some of the best defenses in the league are able to score efficiently in the half court. So they can get back, set up their defense. And I think what you'll get out of Mikhail is a little bit of that. If you can put out an average offense, I think that makes it a lot easier on them. And, and Ben Simmons, man, I, we keep waiting for him and maybe he'll never come, but even without him, this team could be an elite defense. If he's there and he's, and he is, and he, he is, is just back. He doesn't even have to be back. I, I think that's the thing. Ben Simmons doesn't even have to be back. Ben Simmons just has to be an elite defender and don't, don't care about anything else. And that's really it. He just needs to pass the ball, play elite defense. Two things that he's some of the best in his position at. If he's, if he's playing, you know, one through four, we know you can't, really play traditional center if he's playing one through four then defensively like this this could be the the fifth best defense in basketball yeah that's that's is that your hot take that, that is my hot take one? okay so we're gonna get a hot top take five. big board in you're gonna you want to lock that in you have the, i'm locking the, that in the brooklyn nets as a top five defense, top five defense okay. this year I like that. At least we know Ben Simmons is back. I mean he averaged nine five and six during the uh the preseason he's back come on that's fine. I I don't care about his super, counting numbers. I, I just want him. I just want him to 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 play defense, to switch, to really muck things up in the passing lanes. Like if he's a terror defensively and he's distributing the ball, you know, he's not maybe. maybe... That's that's all <laughs> I'll say. Like him being back is him like being at the level that he's supposed to be at when he's averaging a near twenty point triple double and as a monster on defense. That's when Ben Simmons will be back. But we'll see. I, I, I like that. Like you yeah, like you said, even if he's there as a defensive player and a playmaker, that's fine. I think and in terms of the way you lay it out, like you think about the individuals that they have, they absolutely have the makeup there. It's just that question of the fit and how much minutes each of these guys gets, how much buy-in there is from all of these guys. The Nets are a real interesting one there. They're one that you have to feel like could really drop off or they could find a way to sustain where they finished last year. Obviously they ended up they were the sixth seed last year, right? Like it's not it wouldn't be crazy to think that they finish in that spot again, but it also wouldn't be insane if they were there down battling to get into the play and either just in terms of overall makeup of the team and figuring it out with Simmons and with, with Mikhail and, and a few other guys. But I, I like that. I like that pick. That's a that's an interesting shout. You definitely made it made a good case. In terms of the individuals they've got, they can bring that into the team, the team uh team mold of defense they they they, they can definitely be up there yeah I, i'm not questioning buy-in either i think that these are guys that these are all high character players these are guys that um you know were, were known on the previous teams for being really good glue guys so i, I think if they're if their model for success here is to be and that's what that's what uh you know the organization has said they want to put out a competitive team they want a, a team that brooklyn can be proud of and that's i mean this is a hard-nosed team and if they can get behind Mikhail as their star, that that's really the kind of the goal of the season is to be one of the best defensive teams in basketball and give an opportunity for Mikhail to be the guy, then I, I think they're cooking. Yeah, and then they'll get halfway through the season and it'll be going great and they'll they'll trade everything for for Carl Anthony Towns or something stupid like that. Dude, I, I'm, I'm thinking about that. Nets do. Well, it, it's so funny because it, it's such an interesting reset that they're that they've gone from rebuild to building assets, to gathering a bunch of good guys, to then going all in for stars. They did that, didn't work. And now they're kind of back at that point, almost like instant reset. They've got a really promising uh, star-looking player. I think I have more confidence in Mikhail Bridges than I do than I did with um, 
with um D'Angelo Russell. But they're kind of at this point again. They they have a bunch of talented guys, solid guys, no like superstars, a lot of picks, and who knows? Maybe maybe they can go somewhere with this again. At least give it two two or three years this time. That's that's all I'm asking for. If they have to break it up, then fair enough. But give it give it just that little that little bit of extra time. But uh, yeah, first hot take of the season locked in. We're gonna keep track. We're gonna we we obviously make a lot of hot takes on this podcast at, at certain stages throughout the season. We're gonna get a big board and we're gonna. Have to lock in hot takes, so we're going to take a look back as the season. You got to be responsible for these. these. You can't just you throw, throw them out. Yeah, all right, exactly. All right. I'm, you don't have to right, lock you in each one. Up there then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You don't have to lock in each one, but uh, when, when, once you say it's locked in, that goes on the big board, and we'll 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 bring this back up as uh, as the uh, as the season progresses. Now, before we get to the NBA awards, our season predictions, let's just talk quickly about the top seed in each in each conference. Western Conference. I think the Memphis Grizzlies are going to be the number one seed oh, in the West. Is that not a hot take? Is that a mild uh, take? This is not... This actually wasn't my hot take, but I think they're going to be solid without Jam Morant. Solid, maybe even good without Jam Morant. Their success is built off of defense, and Jam Morant being out isn't going to affect that. Then when Ja hopefully comes back, they can take the step to being potentially elite. They've been up and around the top level over the last few years. I think this might be the year that they go and do it. Not to say that it might only be with like 51, 52 wins, something around that mark. I think that could that could take the number one seed in the in the West because there is so much talent there. You you're not concerned about like I mean, we're talking top seed. Yeah. Number one seed. All right, not the Nuggets. The, the Utah, the, the Utah Jazz. Not the Nuggets. I've I've told you I believe that the Nuggets are not gonna they're not gonna be the top seed. I think they're gonna take. You're gonna see a bit of a drop off. How often does the championship team go ahead and sustain the number one seed or win more games than they hangover, did the year before? Championship hangover. Not Jokic anything major. They're still gonna be one of the top three seeds. I I, I expect. Okay. But okay. I don't. The, I think the Grizzlies are in a position where they can go and take the number one seed. That's 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 fair. That's fair. Um, I I wonder how much you know. Who who's gonna pop on this team? Who who's who's gonna show up on this team? That because that's that's interesting for me to see. To see you pick them because I I think Tyus Jones losing Tyus Jones offensively is gonna be really tough. Um, he like. He really kept this team organized, especially for a team with with a lot of chaos offensively. And I think you don't get that from Marcus Smart. You don't get that from Derrick Rose. But who knows? I mean, Zaire Williams, maybe he really takes a big step forward. Luke Kennard, can he actually shoot some threes this year? Does Do we see a big step from Desmond Bain? Does Desmond Bain take that next step? I'm like, relying on that, yeah. Yeah, are, are we are we really undervalued? Like, cause we're I feel like we view him as like, yeah, that's like, that's a borderline all star. That's a great number two. That's a guy who's you know going to compliment Ja for his career, and that that's a lot saying for like, was he like a uh, was in the thirtieth pick? He was bottom ten pick. I want to say twenty. He was late. He was a late pick. Yeah, he was a pretty late pick. Yeah. But, but regardless, a, a guy who really was not considered at all in the draft. I mean, that's a big big thing to consider him. Yeah. But maybe he's got more. Maybe he's got more. Do we have help? I believe. I believe, I believe he's player? got more. I think oh. I think so. I think we saw it last year. I think I think uh, I think we're gonna see 
him have uh, have that little bit more. I'm actually gonna I'm looking it up right now. By the way, Desmond Payne. That's was... a mild take. Uh, you know that, that's that's not too too hot. That's not too hot. I'll I'll take that. Yeah. Because um, I think Nuggets, Nuggets are the safe pick. He was Nuggets the thirtieth. He was the thirtieth pick. He was the thirtieth pick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, I mean, if you you can bet on all these things, I'm betting on them to be the best defensive team in basketball. So if they're even just a solid offensive team until Jock comes back and Jock comes back to that, um, no, I'm with you. I don't have my Grizzlies sweatshirt on right now, but you know, I always believe Grizzlies. I believe in them. I believe Ja will will figure things out. I believe this team is destined to to make a deep run the playoffs and are a little bit of development away from being a, a championship contender. I mean, they're, they're there. They're there. So you want to believe me, but you're still going with your nuggets. That's, that's what we're, what's <sighs> we're going I, with. I, I want to believe you. I've been wanting to believe you. And I, I think they'll, it, it really, it really just depends where, where this team's head is at. Um, and I think that's why it's so huge that they got Marcus Smart there. Um, it's big that they, they got a guy like Derek Rose. Um, you know, th- these guys are, are guys that will will keep the focus on on winning basketball and and I think everyone else on this team is is shown to be committed to that too. I I'm with you. I'm I'm back in. You there got me go. back in. There we go. Grizzlies Jump back in. I like it. All right. I think we're in agreement in the in the East as well. Boston Celtics. I think the Celtics win sixty games this year. I yeah, sixty. What's the over under at? I would I would I would slam the over. I mean, 60, I think I'm, I think they're at. They're them and the I think them and the, the books were leveled. I want to say it was like 56, 57 oh, half, something that like that. I'm slamming that over. They, they they won 57 games last year. Their offense is gonna be such a terror this season. It, it's it's gonna it's it's gonna be so hard to defend, especially when you got if if you're because you can run so many different lineups with this team. You can run two bigs. Any team in the league that runs a two big lineup, the Boston Celtics are gonna destroy. With Al Horford out there, with Chris Asperzingas out there, like the the spacing that they'll provide, any team that's going to run small, I mean, you are also going to be able to kill them with that too. But like the the fact that they have two incredibly versatile uh, big men really adds more to a team that's already so fierce. So I, I think it's it's easy. Celtics are easily Eastern Conference favorites. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. My hot take then, outsider, mild, lukewarm. Let's see. Indiana Pacers is going to be a top six seed in the East, and Benedict Matherin is going to average twenty points per game. I'm locking that in. You're locking that in. Mm-hmm. Locking that in. Okay. I mean, they'll they'll be better than the Brooklyn Nets. They'll be better than the New York Knicks. They'll be better than. Where where are they at? Six, five, four? Are they going to be a six? So it depends where they, it depends on where they go. I guess we'll see what sort of drop off we see from the 76ers. That's that's going to be interesting to see. We'll see what sort of growth we see from the Atlanta Hawks. But you have to think they should be aiming to be better than the Heat. They yeah. should be aiming to be better than the Nets. I think they should be looking at rivaling rivaling the Knicks. To be honest, as much as I think the Knicks maybe just had a bit more experience, a bit more individuals they can rely on i think as a team with the coach like rick carlisle the the growth we're going to see from this team i think they 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 should definitely be looking at those teams and thinking yeah books and celtics out of reach Cavs, i think too are going to be a really good regular season team again outside of that i don't think there's anyone that the pacers should be fearing or believing that they aren't better than fair i'll i'll give you that i think they're they're a team that could really surprise this season that they could really surprise especially if if Matherin has a breakout season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. That, that's yeah, nice. that's that's spicy. 
That's a little spicy. A little, little bit of spicy. That's a little spicy. That's a 35-win team going. I mean, that that's basically that they're going to win 10 more games-ish this season. Um, I'm smashing the over on there. I think they were, they were only at like 38 and a half. I think that's their mark that. Yeah, so I, I'm smashing the over on that. Yeah. That's for that's for sure. Before we get into our our, our final period of the, the, the uh, season predictions, we'll take a little break and have a little bit of fun. We're going to go to a little bit of NBA fast money. And I've I've broken this down based off of the uh, GM survey that we uh, that that took place uh, before ahead of the new season. So I've got five questions for you, Chris, and the top five answers you'll be given points based on which answers you give. You have to try and get to one hundred points. So, so is do I have? Am I trying to answer what I think other GMs would say or what I would say? Just to say with the first thing that comes into your head, like I think it should be similar. It should be similar to what these guys okay. are saying. To be I think fair, I did, I did not look to. I did not look at the GM survey, so I'm yeah. So yeah, no don't 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 worry. I won't I won't try and trick you too much in, with any of the questions. So okay, all right. Let, let's let's play let's play fast money. So, which player is most likely to have a breakout season this year? Uh, Evan Mobley. If you were starting a franchise today and you could pick one active player to build around, who would you pick? Uh, Anthony Edwards. Who is the best small forward in the NBA today? Um, Jason Tatum. Who is the best head coach in the NBA today? Um, Greg Popovich. Which one player signing will have the biggest impact this season? Say that again. Which, Which one? one player signing will have the biggest impact this season? There's a trade count. Damian Lillard. Okay. All right. That was it. That was a that was your five five answers. That's interesting. Let's see how let's see how you got on. Most likely player to have a breakout season. You said Evan Mobley. Evan Mobley was not on the list. You got zero. Oh, come on. Number one was Relative. Anthony Edwards. Number two was Cade Cunningham. Cade, if, you start, yeah. if you could start a franchise with one active player to build around, you went for Anthony Edwards. He was the number five answer, so that's seven points. <laughs> Who is the best small forward in the NBA? You went for Jason Tatum, and that was the number one answer, 47 points. Very good. Who is the best head coach in the NBA? You said Greg Popovich. That's only going to get you seven points. He was the number four answer. Spolstra was way out ahead. 73.6. Spolstra would have got you. And which one player signing is going to have the biggest impact? You said Damian Lillard, and Damian Lillard is the correct answer. So that means you broke the 100 points and you have right. succeeded today. Good okay, going. all right. I All right, I, I did kind of flop on the, the breakout because breakout season, I guess, is, is mm, yeah, I would pick Kate over uh, definitely. Who's who's the top five there? Was it Kate? Anthony Edwards, Kate. I don't like Anthony Edwards. That's, that's, Franz Wagner. already broke out. Franz yeah. Wagner, Paolo Banquero, Tyrus Maxi. I feel like I feel like Halliburton and Edwards kind of already had their their quote unquote breakout. I already see them as like borderline all stars players, and Kate hasn't done that. Obviously, Banquero hasn't done that. I Banquero and Kate are better answers than Mobley, but I I feel breakout season for for Edwards and for Halliburton is like oh my god, this is actually a, a top ten player. Like that's. And like a breakout season, I think Edwards can have is is matching similar sort of numbers to what Shea did last year. Yeah, being like, oh, this is an MVP candidate. That that's mm-hmm. if if he breaks out further than what he has, and like Halliburton is like, okay, this is there. There's not even a question. This is the best point guard in the league. Like, okay, 
That's fair. I'll, I'll take that. I should have said Spo though. I, I didn't mess up with that. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter. So, you, you knew you had you knew you had that bit of points in the back. You 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 knew you were you knew you were safe. You knew you were I knew there was a there's a there's an easy answer I should have said, but I was like, all right, it can't pop can't be wrong. That cannot be the wrong answer. Yeah, you still you were seeing there. You, you, I think you only got you only struck zero points on one answer, which is pretty good going. Yeah, it's good. good. That's a good start. We'll we'll look at we'll look at maybe doing that more this year. But let's now we'll break into the fun stuff. The season predictions, the NBA awards going into the 23-24 season. We started out with the big one. We start out with the most valuable player of the year in 2024. Who have you got? Jason Tatum. Bingo. I'm the exact Tatum. same. Jason it's Tatum got, is going to be the be best here. player on the best team in basketball. So how does he not win MVP? If we eventually, if we keep picking Jason Tatum and Luka Doncic, one of us is going to be right. I mean, they're they're destined for it. I think Luke, the Mavs are a little bit further behind where the Celtics are at, and I think the Celtics are going to have like a tremendous year. They're they're going to be so good. We've already talked about them so much, and and Tatum is going to be taking that next step. Um, yeah, for sure. Especially, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe this whole leadership thing talk is 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 a big deal. Maybe maybe that really is going to show on the floor too. Um, just how he's matured as a as a leader on this team. Maybe maybe that's part of it. But yeah. I, I really believe. Yeah, that. and I mean, like he basically did it last year. But I'm gonna like he's he can he's gonna have like a 39 and five season with probably one and a half steals and I mean could be even close to a block a game. Like he's gonna be an all rounder for this Celtics team. They're gonna be the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, probably in the league, and he's gonna be the the head of that. Like I will say that Luka Doncic will be top of the list until he wins the the award. So I think if the Mavs are even a top four seed in the Eastern Con- or in the Western Conference, I think Luka Doncic will win it. Yeah. But I would be hesitant to think that they're going to be able to do that. I really want to I I've wanted so badly to say someone random. I, re- I like I really want to tip like Anthony Davis to have a really great year like he did in 2020. But I just don't I just can't can't fully commit and throw myself uh, behind that but he's a guy yeah. I, I would put out there I, i'd say i want i wanted to put up for the award yeah. but i think taylor tatum is going to be the guy because he's going to be what the award is meant to be the most valuable player to the best team yeah and if, if you want a dark horse like a, a super like crazy take is it, you, you got to pick guys like that so luca he could play as well as he did last year but if the team does better and that's that narrative will be huge Mm-hmm. I think the guy who has the biggest narrative is Shea. And I'm surprised to not even see him top five in betting odds is that if, if the thunder put things together, if, if Chet, it was just that missing link for this team to be complete and they make the playoffs and Shea just does what he did last year, he probably would win MVP. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. And that all it takes, I, I really think he could win MVP if, if they make the playoffs. Not even like they could be a six seed, eight seed, six seed, eight seed, and they'd he'd have a pretty good chance of winning. I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I'm a little bit surprised that Jokic is so clearly the the uh, the betting favorite because not that he's not going to be one of the best players in the league. Absolutely, he is. He is the best player in the league. He's going to put up the numbers. He's going to have the team success. But at the same time, a very limited number of players win back to back MVPs, then don't win it one year and and win another. The only guys to do that are LeBron, MJ, uh, Bill Russell, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So that's be the kind of company that he'd be keeping if he was to go and win another award. Well, it, do- I, it doesn't happen very often. It's funny when you. I think that this off season or this postseason, 
is when that solidified that in my brain. It already was a thing, but Jokic is in that company. And mm -hmm. it just, it doesn't, it doesn't feel that way right now because it's the present. And when you look at the past, yeah, yeah that's look at past records, it's like, oh, that's no way. He could, like he's there right now. And I think that's, that's very realistic. And it, it's all about voter fatigue, honestly. Like they got a year yeah. off from voting for Jokic and I'm like, all right, fine, we'll give it to him. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he did. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I think you have, you have fun ones down there like, like Shay. Um, but who knows? Maybe maybe this is Dame's year also. Dame's all the way at thirty six hundred. Um, Shay's at nineteen plus nineteen hundred. That surprised me. I thought he'd be at least b below a thousand. That those bidding odds are pretty interesting for Shay. When you're when yeah, you're I think they they they've got a small easier. group. I think that they're really relying on, which is it's probably fair. But I think it's not it's not crazy to think that I'd say Shay probably got a couple of votes last year. So at least he's probably into thinking. Yeah. What about, the award have... that what about the award that Shea should have won then? The most improved player? The most go. improved odds are, are, are really interesting um, because there's a few guys here that I, I could believe in. I think Bridges, Maxi, Cunningham, Jordan Poole. Um, Chengun, I think, is kind of an outside shot. But amongst those guys, I think the guy who has a chance to really make the biggest leap in what they've been doing is Cade. Okay. Definitely Cade. Um, so dumb that I didn't pick him when you asked. <laughs> but... Kate is the guy who has the biggest impact on a team who could make the biggest leap because I mean the, the Pistons just sucked and they sucked because they, they didn't have Kate. I mean this team was meant to have Kate. They're supposed yeah. to have Kate. Mikhail kind of already showed out. He's gonna have to do that across an entire season, which I believe in. But I believe in Kate a little bit more that he's gonna bring it to a whole other level this season. Now that he's had time to get healthy and he's had time to get acclimated and really, I mean he's the complete player that they need to actually become a functional NBA team. Yeah, I think he's going to have that sort of rise, that sort of Larry Merkin and rise that we saw last year. Uh, my pick is the guy who I think is going to have more of the Shea Gilgis Alexander rise last year, Anthony Edwards. I think mm. I could see him putting up very similar numbers to what to what Shea did last season. I think he he's definitely good enough. He definitely has the ability to put up 30 points per game. He could do 35 and 5. And that would be like a pretty significant uh Increase like plus five point four in points, uh, little drop off even in the in the rebounds and, and a plus on the on the assists. I think he's going to improve as defender. I think the Timberwolves are going to be a better team this year, and it's going to be because of him. I would probably say maybe it's a bit too expected that he's going to have this rise, and that maybe might hurt him a little bit. But I, I'd like to think see Jordan Poole in the conversation as yeah. an individual. I yeah. think he could really pop and have a really big year this year. Like I was saying on the last pod, this is a guy that. The team ain't going to have that success, but as an individual, I think he's really going to pop off this year. And I think him and and Cade could be the guys that end up being the, the top two. But I would say Ant is one that, like a Shea, he'll be, it'll be too soon to kind of think of him as the MVP, but he and he might just fall into the most improved category then, you know? Yeah, that, that's, that makes sense. And, and I think, um, yeah, it could be kind of like a John Rand situation, though, where like he is like maybe he is a far and away like the MV, MVP looking kind of guy where he's like almost too good to be most improved player, but you can't give him the MVP. So it's like, all right, we'll just give you most improved. Um, yeah. Jordan Poole, he's, he's a guy too, that has a, he's big boomer bust because we haven't seen him outside of a Warriors uniform. We haven't seen him yeah. outside of a situation where he's got, you know, the, the warrior structure around him. He's gonna have. This is really gonna be up to him. He's he's out there in Washington. He's gonna have to do this by himself. Um, so that that that's an interesting one. I, I'm really curious to see though why uh, Shangun's in there. 
That's... Yeah, he could do it. Like, I mean, like we talk about him being that guy that could really be uh, a similar type of big to what Nikola Jokic is. Obviously, that's a huge, huge jump. But think of him as a guy. If he was averaging 2010, six, one and one this year, like that's that's a pretty big that's a pretty big jump for him. And it's not beyond the realms of possibility either. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I have questions about. It. We'll, we'll see what what Yudoka does with him and what how this team plays. And you know, the league just loves big men these days, you know. Yeah, I know. I, I do. You re- I don't really think that that they're. I don't know. It, it's it's weird. We'll we'll see how they end up playing. Like to to see him as the fulcrum of the offense for the Rockets would be that would be a shock to me. I'd be shocked. Mm, yeah. I would. I would be. I would be more shocked that that happened even though i know he can do it even though i know the passing's there i know he can play make but i'd be shocked if that that's how this offense chooses to operate with how we've seen yudoka coach the celtics for example uh as opposed to you know we're, we're more so looking at shangun like all right like where in what situations can he do that with the second unit because he's not getting the opportunity to do it the first unit but yeah. no yeah, that's, that, that's this exactly is gonna be an interesting right. race though uh, mip yeah and what about Let's let's just get the easy one out of the way. Rookie of the year, I think yeah. we both know. Is it is it uh, Victor Webanyama? Is that what his name is? Something like that. Brandon Miller, Chet Holmgren. Yeah, it's gonna be Victor Webanyama. If, we, if, seen if it all. Victor Webanyama was a year younger, and we just had Scoot, Chet, Brandon, and Thompson, Amen Thompson, not his brother. Chet. 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 I would take Scoot. I'm taking. I would take Scoot. Okay. I, I think, dude. I think Scoot's gonna be good. I think yeah. it's going to be good. I, I'm, I'm definitely falling I, I, I'm needing, I'm needing tape, Anthony but... Simons to really take the mold, you know, for my fantasy team. So I hope <laughs> that Scoot has to just they're take a little, little rookie backseat there, there, you know. So, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll hope for that. But, yeah, that's that's, that's interesting. You look at it without, without Webanyama. We got Chet versus Scoot there with that. I think it's going to take something catastrophic. Like an injury, touch wood, that won't happen. But that that would be the only area where I'd see Webanyama uh, losing the award. Then defensive player of the year. I've got AD Anthony Davis. He was an absolute monster in the playoffs. If he's healthy this year, he's going to be right up there. I think he's going to be the player that the Lakers build their success around as a defensive hub. And I think he's really going to dominate on that end of the floor. Yeah. I, I think that's, yeah, I, I don't, you can never go wrong picking Davis. You can never go wrong picking him because he's he's going to be in the playoffs. We saw it. I mean, he by himself was was the Lakers defense at times. I mean, he's primary reason they're right at the doorstep. Um, but I, I wonder how much you want to have faith in his health through the regular season. That's 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 fine though. I I, I want to pick someone new. I would love to see Evan Mobley be there. I really would, and I, I would love to bet on that just because voters love to bet on you guys, and Evan Mobley's, I mean, th- this is his third season. He was top three last year, so. Yeah, and, and, and I think that he's, if, if the Cavs are still there, and he's continuing to, you know, make a narrative for himself on this team, you know, they, they'd love to vote for a new guy. I, I just think that probably the safest pick is probably Giannis. Especially now you don't have Drew Holiday. That That's one thing there, like, they're going to be one of the best defenses in in basketball. We'll we'll see how much uh, he has to fix things up for Dane. But if you're if you're watching tape, I mean, how much how much more you're going to have to play a little more defense on Giannis's end with with Dame out there in the perimeter. And maybe that's enough to just kind of edge him over Jaron Jackson Jr. Because we know that at the end of the day, it's 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 those two I think that are that are at the top just in terms of health with Anthony Davis not being there all the time and Evan Mobley being the newcomer. But I'd love to see Evan Mobley be there. I'll, I'll take I'll take Evan Mobley. 
Okay. Anthony Davis is going to be healthy this year. I've I've put my faith in Anthony Davis this year. I like that he's even played the majority of the preseason games. That's even a nice thing to see from Anthony Davis that he obviously (laughs) is healthy. They want to give, he's not playing the proper minutes and all that, but still even that little smidge is, is a nice thing to see. I backed him in my, in my fantasy team and I'm backing him for defensive player of the year. And hopefully he's, at a level where he's in the conversation for MVP as well, because I believe that he can get to that level. He's healthy and he's on the floor. He can challenge Giannis for the best two-way player in the league. I genuinely, I genuinely believe that he has that. He has that ceiling. Coach of the year. I'm I'm just laughing because like I feel like we 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 take whatever we can get for Anthony Davis. Like we we see him play for a little bit in the preseason. We're like, oh, maybe he will be healthy, but he wasn't too bad last season and in terms of health. Uh, And that is a comforting sign. Because then on the other end, you got like Chris Middleton not even playing preseason and everyone's asking questions. So maybe we'll think positively on the other end. But coach of the year, um, this this one is interesting. Who do you have picked for your coach of the year? I am going to change my pick. What I have written down right change here pick. <laughs> is Joe Missoula. Cold feet on Joe, Joe Missoula. Don't do it. Don't Because do it they're going to have the best record and I do believe that. But I'm gonna switch it and and jump into my into my hot take, and I'm gonna back Rick Carlisle to win the award with the rise what? of the Pacers. Wow. Okay. 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 That's fair. That's fair. That that's 100 fair because if they are going to reach the playoffs, they're gonna be a top six seed. Is, is this going your big board too? Just just put it. Uh, I feel like right they're under. they're lumped together. You know, they're kind of the same. They're they're they're, they're similar sort of a similar sort so, of thing. If one happens, yeah, the other can happen. You know, that sort of way. That's fair. I, I won't give you half credit or something if you get one one right. And the other yeah, yeah. But but no, for sure. If if the Pacers are winning ten more games than they did last season, and it's really player development, it's really you know the system that's fit around them. We've seen that they've put out such a great offense, and like Rick Carlisle is known for for producing lead offenses he's known for for what he's he does there on that end of the floor and if they're making the playoffs that's yeah 100 percent. i back that I, I back that and i'm um, pretty sure i'm writing saying that he never won it before we, we gotta we gotta fact check that that's gotta yeah, i'll get i'll get sure. on to google there there's a lot there's a lot of guys here that Taylor has taylor jenkins won one before has... Did he not win it a couple of years ago? Or I I, I, I think he won it when, when Ja won. Uh, yeah. And That's newcomers cool. too. Adrian Griffin. Does Adrian Griffin get bonus points for? I was incorrect. He was NBA Coach of the Year in two thousand and two. I was Carolina. gonna say he's been around for a while because yeah. I, I was thinking there's just too many there are too many good Mavs teams back then for him not to win one. You no, know, he did it with the the Pistons two thousand and two with the Pistons. Oh really. Crazy. I'm barely you forget how you forget he's been around for so long. It's nuts, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. He coached the Pistons from 2001 to 2003. I think then he, le- then he left and they win a title. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think they would still give it to him, though. They'd still give it to him. Um yeah. uh, well that that's really ironic, actually. So he, he left the Pistons and they they won the championship that year. That's true. Mm-hmm. And Dwayne Casey went to the Jenkins had not won it, so. That's another one. Like I said, I I jumped in on my Pacers thing, but at the same time, I'm, yeah. I'm there with the Grizzlies saying they're going to be another one seed. So I guess Taylor yeah. Jenkins could be a chef too. Yeah, Dwayne, Dwayne Casey, he coached the coach of the year, right, in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And then gets fired when they win a mm-hmm. championship. Yeah. yeah. He yeah. goes to the yeah. Pistons. History repeats itself in weird ways. But I, I got to go with with Missoula to second year. I think Missoula's gotten so much flack last season. 
he was really very very um hyper everyone was hypercritical of him in his first year you know questioning about if he can handle the pressure of the playoffs questioning you know lineups questioning timeouts and and i think that microscope is still going to be on him this season and if that has improved i think there, there's a lot of there's a lot of room for improvement in what he does for this team and i think that if the celtics are going to be the best team in basketball if they're going to put out an even better product um i think he's going to be the beneficiary of that he just needs to he just needs to be you know a solid captain of a ship that's going to make it all the way yeah it's, i yeah. think he's the easiest pick yeah, I think that's a. Uh, I think that's definitely definitely fair. But there's definitely going to be a few guys that have the that have their hat in the ring there. But you you often feel that the the award can almost favor guys that that finish somewhere in like the four or five seats. So I think like the likes of a Carlisle might have a bit of an edge there. Maybe not because he's older and he's won it before, but the fact that they're going to take that rise that maybe not everyone expected. That kind of obviously always yeah. like puts a puts favor on those on those coaches that that are able to do that. What about Clutch Player of the Year? Darren, Darren the Fox year. won the first uh, award last year. I'm leaning towards putting Joel Embiid up for this as my pick. Joel Embiid. Because I feel the 76ers are going to be in a lot of tighter games this year. He's going to be relied <laughs> yeah, I was on. Gonna say. He's going to be relied on more in the clutch to deliver. There's going to be a heavy weight in the shoulders this year to really step up in those moments. So I, I'm, I'm leaning towards him, but I also think... Luka Doncic is going to be is going to be right up there as well as 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 a as a clutch performer and similar sort of mold with the Mavericks because of their lack of defense and their reliance on offense they're going to be in close games and you're hoping that a guy like Luka can provide the edge for you. You don't want to bet on your boy Brunson? No, because the ball's not always going to be in his hands. It'll be with Randall sometimes too. That's fair. Um, I I had to go with with Luka. I feel like Luka. Luca's got to win some this year. I, I got to pick Luca for something. Yeah, yeah. And, I'll, I'll, I'll switch up. Many... I, I'm, I'm thinking that the same. But because you said Luca, I'll, I'll go. I'll go with Joel Embiid. <laughs> I mean, Luca, Luca really is going to be in so many. It, it, that's what it comes down to. What teams are going to be in the, the tightest games, and we don't know if that defense is actually going to get better. So between Luca and Kyrie, I think it's you know, likely where just... the Kings were as well. You know, because their defense was nothing. That's why they ended up in the clutch, and that's why they yeah, exactly. relied on Fox last year, <laughs> exactly, you know? exactly. Um, so I'm I'm good with that. I, well, we won't see Fox win two two in a row, but whatever takes the thing, it'll be too close for them to pick him again. And and Luca's Luca's gonna make his name known again this year. Yeah, Luca's got Luca's got to win an award. He can't just be first team All NBA again. He's got to he's got they got to give him something. If it's not the uh, if it's not the MVP, I think he's looking at a at, at the clutch player. Final question then, an interesting one. Who will there be a first team All NBA newbie this year? We've had it in three of the last four years. There's been a first timer on the first team All NBA. Will there be one this year? And if so, who will it be? Hmm. First team or just in general? First team. First team. I'll, I'll give you my pick. Giannis. I think. I think. Anthony Edwards will take Shea Gilchrist Alexander's spot on the first team All NBA this year. I because I, I want to say, I I want to say, Anthony Edwards, and that that feels like the right pick, and that's a lot of it's going to come down to, um, you know, whether or not you see the Timberwolves have success, but then is is he just going to completely blow that out of the water? Is he going to do even better than than Shea? He's probably going to. You'd have to take Shea's place, right, as a guard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
um if it's going to be anybody that's that's the dead on answer it's going to be anthony edwards because i don't think anyone is, is close in terms of replacing you know <laughs> no no one's replacing uh Embiid. no no one's no one's replacing yeah, um, Jokic can replace Embiid. no but he's been there before Okay, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm with you. Yeah. Another four. So, so no, one's, no one's gonna replace those two. No, no one's replacing Giannis. No one's replacing, um, I think Luca and and Tatum, um, but Shea might. Luca maybe, maybe maybe maybe, maybe Luca is is replaced by by Anthony Edwards there. Maybe, maybe yeah. Maybe things possible. don't go as, as we think. But no, that that's that's definitely the answer. Yeah, and I think yeah. the the common theme of this whole podcast is you know Anthony Edwards is in for a big year and. Are we dead wrong about the the Timberwolves? You have a lot of faith in that. I, I like it though. Gotta have faith. Gotta have faith in the teams you know you wanna you wanna believe in and the guys the guys that uh that you wanna believe in. But that uh that, that wraps it up. That's uh the season begins Tuesday. Yeah. Really exciting to get back to proper basketball. Let's see how things flesh out. Be plenty more to talk about. But before we finish up the pod, I do have a top five list going into the into the new season. And I'm looking at the five players with the most to prove in the NBA this year. The five players we got to watch, we got to pay attention to, we got to see where they're at. Pressure on their shoulders to to deliver this year. Number five, Kyrie Irving. I think oh, it's yeah. time for him to show that he has to be, he's committed to basketball. Basketball, his focus, being a great two guy on a competitive team is his focus. That That's something he's got to show this year. Four, I've got Ben Simmons. All I'm hearing through the preseason, the offseason, this is his team. He's saying, I'm back, I'm back. Okay, show me for the whole year. Show me that you're really back. Don't just be a good defensive player who gets who racks up assists. Be a two-way threat that, that leads this Nets team to a top-five defense, maybe. Huh? At number three, I've got Trey Young. Mm. Can he get back mm. to top? Can he be a legit superstar in this league? Can he buy into the the new system in Atlanta and lead this team to success that the Hawks believe that he should have done already. At number two, we got Luca. They didn't make the playoffs last year. There is pressure on him to deliver. He's a guy that the whole pressure of the team success is on his shoulders. He's got to get this Mavs team back into, into the playoffs and back winning playoff series. It, 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 it's, there's a lot of pressure on Luca. And then number one, obviously Zion Williamson. Mm, Can he stay yeah. healthy? All we ever hear is if Zion Wilson is healthy, the New Orleans Pelicans are going to be one of the best teams in the NBA. Let us see it, Zion. Please stay healthy. We saw that the hear that the other day that apparently the team had to had to call him and let him know that he wasn't doing enough as the as the leader of this team that he needed to do more. Let's see if that's something that he takes into account and really starts to deliver on. But. Yeah, Zion, just be healthy, please, please be healthy. Not just for my fantasy team, but for the NBA. Let's see, let's see if you're really that guy. If you can really change everything for this Pelicans team, it's it's about time we got to see it. Yeah, that no, that that's hundred percent true. All all these guys are. This is opportunity for redemption, opportunity for just more trouble. I, I feel like these are names that we would have had last year too, honestly. Yeah. So it's 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 episode two of of prove it year for these guys. Um, and I, I just need to make the comment that you, Anthony Davis and Zion Williams, you, you really, uh, you're really betting on health there this season. So good, good luck with those two on your team. Yeah, but I've, uh, I've made big bets on health. So we're hoping, we're hoping and praying for the best. I'm, I'm gonna believe my guys. They're gonna yeah. do it this year. They, 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 they know I've drafted them. They want to do it for me. I can, I yeah. can feel it. 
feel it down in my, I feel it down in my plums, you know? <laughs> if you had to finish out talking about what is the one team that has the most approved this season, the one team. Timberwolves. 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 They went all in to get that really good bear and look what, look what it did for them. They can, they still seem to believe that it can work with Cat and Gobert. Okay, let's see. Yeah. I I have a interesting take on it. I, I think that in terms of proving something in a historical context, the Kings, you just had one of the best seasons, but one of the best offensive seasons ever. Statistically the best offensive season ever. And people are basically, you know, not really paying attention to it. It's whatever. And you're they're gonna be quickly forgotten if that's all they had. So do they have another season of success in them? I I think they have a lot to prove to themselves that, and as a city, as as an organization, as a fan, you know, like you get one taste of it. Is that real? Are are they going to keep being an elite team in the West? Because that hasn't happened in 20 years. Yeah. Can they do it again? So that that's that's what I'm looking at. Are they going to be an exciting team again, or or is this just going to kind of go downhill from there? Yeah, for sure. I think that, that that that's a great pick. There there is definitely pressure on the Kings and there's pressure on on the coach and the team as a whole to to figure it out a bit more on the defensive end, sustain that offensive level and obviously what they did last year, now the the, the marker is on them to go and actually win a playoff series. They had that great year, they finally got back in the playoffs, they broke the hoodoo. Was it just a once off? Is this is this sustainable? I think that's that's a good show. Let's they're going to be interesting to watch. So are so many teams in the league this year. Obviously, kicks off Tuesday. We got Lakers against the Nuggets, a repeat of the Western Conference Finals. Then we got the Warriors against the Suns. Like I'm just getting really excited to see these teams in in the in full flow. See what way they work. We'll be back next week to be talking about what we've seen from the first few games. Probably overreacting to some things that we've seen off the uh, off the first few games. But that's what you have to do. That's what makes it fun. We're getting back to basketball. We're we're out of the doldrums of the of the offseason there's probably still some trades to go down with james harden let's see what goes on there probably some teams to drop off some teams that are going to surprise it all gets started next week but that's it for this episode my thanks to chris for joining me and thank you all so much for listening remember you like what you're hearing we are everywhere at coast to coast nba and most importantly remember take a shot and love every moment